Hey, this is uh, Kendall Laughlin here, equipping a pastor for All Things Global, and just want to introduce you to one of our amazing leaders. I'll let her introduce herself and say a little about herself and her family. Yeah, so I live in the Middle East with my family. Um, we've been a part of APG for, goodness, maybe 13 years, I think. So a really, really long time. Um, we moved in 2017 to Greece and we worked with Syrian refugees four years ago. So that we're in our fifth year in the Middle East. We moved again. So we've lived, um, we've had children and lived internationally in several different places in um, the last eight years. Amazing. So the, the topic of our equipping today is yeah. raising third culture kids and yeah. you're definitely a expert at that at this point and so this is kind of part one where we're talking through just the journey the vision the why uh and then part two will be some of the practicals and and life hacks for people that have this similar calling and maybe trajectory what was that journey even like just just bring us into your internal world well, I think, I mean, it was very big vision for like this kingdom work that God wanted to do. My heart was broken for the people. And I remember just, I think it was at a commission conference type event where I really had to like count the cost of, I have the vision, but my kids don't. And it was our second time moving internationally. So I had already walked through like the real pain and grief and losses that come with leaving grandparents and cousins and pets and things like that. So it was like sort of this, oh, I don't want to go through that again. Like when you're birthing a baby, you're like, oh, I know the outcome's going to be worth it, but I don't want to go. So what is a third culture kid? Just what's, what's that concept even mean? Yeah, a third a third culture kid. So a lot of times you'll hear TCK, and that's a child who is who has a passport, like a native country that they were born in, but they're essentially an expatriate, like living in a different country. So they're spending a significant amount of their childhood in a different culture than the one that their sort of passport is from. Okay, so you went on this journey of um, you and your family. You're going to go uh, start a work and partner with the Lord with what He's doing in the Middle East, and then your children are going to be third culture kids. And so, bring us through the preparation, maybe that you had to take as a family to move overseas. Obviously, there were things that you were working on for your ministry and your fundraising, and um, but how did the family piece interact with all that? You know, went through discipleship school, church planning school. And we had also just come from a year long stint with an other families who had raised their kids in a different uh, country prior to our time living in Greece. So I think that was really helpful having people who've sort of gone before us to speak into shepherding our kids' hearts as we are getting out the door. But I think in the 
at beginning of the call, you said I'm an expert in raising third culture kids. And I think <laughs> that's far from the truth, but I'm constantly learning and gaining new tools that are so incredibly helpful, but I certainly don't have it figured out yet. That's great. No, no expertise required. Uh, we're all learning how to raise our kids uh, in, in today's world. Okay, so uh, the first stint in in Greece, working with the Syrian refugees. What did you learn there? What was essential there to prepare you for where you are today? It, on the topic specifically of like raising third culture kids, I I gained some tools. Um, which maybe it would be more helpful to talk about specifically what they look like towards the end of the call, but I gained some tools. So at the, right before we moved from Greece back to America, um, we had somebody come and do a debrief for our whole entire team, but they did a specific debrief for our kids and really helped us as parents help our kids um, really process the grievances, but also celebrate the wins of their time there. And at the time we only had two kids. So I had my youngest daughter in the States. So that was very helpful. Sounds like you were learning about how to make the transitions well. Yeah. Yeah. I think transition, I think that every transition we've been through we've experienced a lot of grief but also um it's just like kind of breeding ground for conflict and miscommunication because you've always done things a certain way and so to have resources kind of put in place and really honestly that was just a learning period so i feel like our transition to the middle east was a lot smoother because we had known we just kind of figured out things that worked really well for us and 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 how to shepherd our kids through it. That's great. That sounds like a really essential learning experience that you had. Um, yeah. yeah. As you as you think about your kids being third culture kids, let's mm -hmm. talk about emotionally and spiritually. And of course, let, let's protect their privacy. But just what have been some of the highs there? What have been some of the things that you've been amazed perhaps by them and their resilience or things the Lord has done on their behalf? Well, I, just immediately as you asked that question, I remember this memory of we were living in Greece. So we're in Greek culture. We're working with Syrian refugees. So most of our days spent in Arabic in tents in a, in a camp. And then we at one point had to fly to Budapest to figure out a visa issue. So my kids are hearing this other language. And I remember Lily, my my middle daughter, she looked at me and was like so confused and just like, Mom, why do we speak English? Like, <laughs> why? This doesn't serve us. Like, and I think it just was like, I never, that was never a question I would have asked my own mother at like, you know, four year, four or five years old, but just like their, their ability to see the world. I mean, it's just beautiful. They're, they're very adaptable. They're very flexible. Um, they, I think sometimes the adaptability, like you need to balance that, but I would just say it's like they can jump into new situations fairly confidently um, where maybe 
like maybe the average kid would kind of sit back and observe for a while. I think my kids just like really jump in and feel okay and sort of spontaneity and unpredictability and just new. They're they're very they're all three very adventurous kids. And I think our lifestyle has a lot to do with that. Your kids are definitely very adventurous leaders. Um, it's mm -hmm. it's seems seems like they're thriving. Um, how about spiritually? How have they met the Lord in all this? Obviously, you and your husband are on mission, but then the kids are very much a part of that. So, what's that been like for them? Wow, I think um, I mean even in my own journey, grief and loss, it thrusts you into an intimacy with Jesus you just can't get without it. And actually, one thing I've learned in doing a lot of research about third culture kids is that, it, like, research shows that a third culture kid will experience more grief and loss in their first 18 years than an average person who grows up and lives their life in one country would experience an entire lifetime. Wow. So, I mean, that's like, that's jarring. And I think that it has thrust my kids into situations where like, obviously me and my husband want to be their number one source of comfort, but some situations have just been so painful. The only comfort that will satisfy is the comfort from like God himself, him encountering them very personally and in power and in community. And I don't want my kids to feel pain. Like I want to protect them from it. But I've seen Jesus over and over again comfort my kids in their grieving every time we go through a transition. So I think that the greatest source of um, like the cost, the most costly thing has also been the thing that's, I would say, benefited their walk with God because it's been very real and personal for them. At least my older two, my younger one's only five. So she's still learning about Jesus and stuff. But yeah, I would say I've seen them have a real intimate walk with him and I've seen him comfort them personally. Sounds like you're on the go. You're tough. You're adventurous, but sounds mm -hmm. like your decision to not just power through and kind of force your kids to be super Christians, but to uh, really embrace the challenge of all these transitions, the hardship. Uh, it sounds like that has created an opening uh, yeah. for great intimacy with the Lord. Yes. Yes, absolutely. How has, um, how has it been helping your family and kids find community as third culture kids? One of the like main things I wanted to touch on today is like, is, I mean, just in general, people that have a deep sense of belonging just become, research shows that, but I mean, just we know that as humans, when you feel this deep sense of belonging, it makes you way more resilient. Um, and I think that the topic of belonging and identity for a third culture kid is just very complex <laughs> like um yeah and i think so as a community like i'm thinking all people's global um i think we can really help establish a healthy identity in our kids and i'll say like at the global gathering 
this last summer, right? It was a year ago in Greece. I think, I think when my kids have friendship and community with other children who are, it's not even necessarily that they're in the same country as they are, but, but having that understanding. So to give you like a very small window into the complexity of a, of a third culture kid. So an example is when, when my oldest, somebody's like, Hey buddy, how does it feel to be home? That's incredibly confusing for him because San Diego is not home. And, and in a way it kind of is home. And then also the Middle East is not necessarily home. It's, it's more home than San Diego, but it's also, you know, he doesn't look like everybody here. He doesn't talk like everyone here. So it just can kind of create this, well, where do I belong? Like, I don't belong there, but I don't fully belong here. And it's just very complex. So when we come together as a, as a movement where there's other children who understand that complexity and he can experience a sense of belonging. And we've been so blessed. We've had it with APG, but even before um, at different like gatherings with other missionary families, my kids over the last 12 years have built relationship with other kids who understand even things that me and my husband can't understand because is although we're trying to parent a third culture kid we've never been one ourselves. Yeah. So um and then here like having community here with other children who are doing the work that we're doing has been incredibly um helpful to establish some healthy identity as well. So uh, a couple things I'm hearing first of all just the awareness that community mm -hmm. And, and belonging create our identity first of all and so how important that is yes. worth fighting for it's worth going to these gatherings it's worth fighting for the in-country community even if it's you know perhaps not people who you know you you'd see on the street and maybe say hey this is going to be my my next best buddy you know but you're there there's a affinity there that you build uh so that's essential I'm also hearing again just this word transitions the transitions back and forth from you know california to the middle east or to other locations it creates it triggers that question you know it triggers that question of where am i where yeah. do i belong uh i'm also hearing you know your awareness that I, you were not raised this way and so right. your child's experience is different than yours as a child i think that is a really big piece of all this and yeah. Those are some really great, some really great takeaways. I think one um, thing I love about the idea of third culture kids, mm -hmm. I think there's a way that third culture kids really reflect who we are in the kingdom of God. Because mm -hmm. in a way, you know, as Christians, we are third culture people. Yes. You know, we're we're not of this world. You know, it it's not our home, regardless of what the deed on a house says or how regular our routine is or how comfortable we feel at our work or at our kids school it's it's not our home this world is fallen this world is broken also we are not in heaven yet <laughs> maybe we are seated in heavenly places with christ in a metaphysical sense but we we are not uh we are not there you know everything is not right yet and yet we know it will be and that tension i think 
of the now and the not yet, or perhaps yeah. the bilocational perspective that we have as believers, I think is so typified in the third culture kid. And so I really want to get to practicals, but I'm going to pause this recording uh, with just this one question and then we'll transition. And this question would be, would be this, what um, are the possibilities for your kids? You think about, okay, I'm raising my kids as a third culture kid, maybe 10, 15 years from now, you know, they're young adults in their twenties. What are the possibilities? What do you hope for them? Mm. That's such a good question. I hope, I, I love what you're saying because it makes me think of the scripture that says, we say it all the time being a movement that sends people, but that anybody who leaves mother, father, sister, brother, house or home, land or field will inherit a hundred times more in this life and in the life to come. So I hope that having like kind of being forced into a situation where they can't necessarily grab hold of their physical environment, maybe how the average person would, that it would like their, yeah, their identity would be so deeply rooted in the life to come, you know, in, in that having that eternal perspective. And I, I just, I, ultimately I hope that our our life choices in raising them the way that we're raising them would give them a deep personal intimate life-giving relationship with Jesus because he's the one who had to satisfy amongst all the pain and the transition and that it would carry them for a lifetime after we send them off into the world you know well put.